Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Undiluted Truth, coming to you from All Seasons Tabletop Studio. I am Ben. Do not forget to like, subscribe, and share. Our podcast email is theundilutedtruth.podcast at gmail.com. And today's episode is going to be a continuation of frustrations of COVID policies and restrictions unleashed by frontline medical professionals. And without any further procrastination, delay, or ado, <laughs> mountain or otherwise, let's welcome in our host, Mike. I see what you did there. <laughs> I thought you might. Good afternoon, Ben. Good afternoon. Good. How are you doing? I'm fantastic, but it's Excellent. getting better. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I like know. it. How do you like that? I, I do. You, that's you, that's you, good. You, yeah, you can't beat that. Yeah. Uh, love love what you did with the uh, Mountain Adu. Oh. Without further Mountain Adu. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we do not have any. Mountain we do here. not have any Mountain to do on no. the uh, all seasons tabletop. No, that used to be my go-to drink. Absolutely. So, just a reminder. Welcome all you rock tumblers and truth seekers out there. We are once again glad to be here with another episode of the Undiluted Truth. Absolutely. And we anxiously uh, await this. Uh, the rest of this, this is uh, part three, is that right? Yes, uh, yes, yeah. it is part three. With Dr. Richard Urso uh, being interviewed by Dale Bigtree on the High Wire. Uh, and the reference here is the roundtable that Senator Ron Johnson did uh, in D.C. And, is in, and it does appear, and many are saying this, it, it, it appears that he's really the only one that, that seems to be standing up or doing anything in Washington about the elephant in the room. So we are thankful for him and... Uh, just this whole thing, and this is just a highlight of that meeting, which was a five-hour meeting. This has so much impact, and of course, we had talked about it prior to naming this episode mm-hmm. of frustrations, and we really discussed that it's. it seems to be more than that. It seems to be more like, ladies and gentlemen of the United States of America, we... The frontline doctors here that have been fighting this pandemic for two and a half years now are done. Yeah. I mean, that's really, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you could get all of that within frustrations. Right. Basically, like, folks, you've been lied to and we're we're done with this. Yeah. 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 I mean, not Pretty that we're much. ready to throw the towel in. We're done, you know, like tap dancing around all of this. Right. We're ready to go straight after it and, and something has to be done. This is serious stuff. So. Yeah. And, and it's a good thing that they're done being pushed around. I mean, yeah, the, the, the yeah. medical community needed to stand up, really. I'm Yeah. And there's still some things, there's still some strategies, if you will, which makes just yeah. no sense to me that, that you would need a strategy to tell the truth. But unfortunately, with the cancel culture and everything else out there, there there are actually strategies so you can get your message out to the people that need to hear it. Yeah. So, right. but we're, we're going to pick this up just as Dell was discussing with Doctor. So the. Uh, the discussion that's that's been happening over the last several years up to date of uh, natural immunity over vaccinated immunity right and there was a discussion yeah. and bell Ch- uh, bell 
Dell chipped at him a little bit, uh, his term, uh, about, you know, it seems that you guys really haven't mentioned much yourselves of natural immunity. Like until, as the and, medical community. Yeah, right. yeah, t- talking yeah. To, to the doctor, you know, you and your peers. Uh, so wanting to know why did it take this big thing, you know, uh, this big event, to finally cause people to be, to be talking about this. And, you know, whether it should have or shouldn't have, um, the bottom line is, is this being talked about now? And I think uh, the people that don't know about it really need to be listening because it is extremely important. Yeah. I don't know if anybody else has mentioned it this way, but I know that we have. And I, I want to go back to it because I think this is extremely important. For me, for someone to say natural immunity is mm-hmm. not as good as vac- you know, vaccine immunity right. is basically saying is we don't trust what God done. We don't trust the the way that God made us. We're right. we're putting all of our stock and, and hope in what man has done. Yeah. And I think really if you look at it that way, and and you you don't have to understand all of the fearfully and wonderfully made <laughs> intricacies and yeah. in, in, in as far as medicine and that and that sort of thing goes but we know enough about what our body does to fight off uh, viruses and such to know that god already put this in our bodies and i can tell you i am going to put all of my trust in him and as you Listen to the docs sort of verifying that. They're not saying that it's God, but they're, you know, where did the natural immunity come from? Yeah. yeah. You, you didn't stop by the convenience store and pick up your, your, your stock of immunity, you know, when you were about four hours old coming out of the hospital. Really? You know? We didn't do that? Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> you, you know, well, I don't know of any four hour old child that can drive. Uh, anyway. Mm, no, I'm not sure I'd want them to drive. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but no, just uh, just making the point. Yeah, um, uh, and I was going to mention what I mentioned. I think on part two. I mean, technically, uh, the whole quote vaccine immunity is a farce in the first place. Okay, because um, the the main times, and they talked about this, I believe, on part two. That's why I brought it up. Uh, the main the main times that you use a vaccine is in theory now they've used some things that are kind of vaccines or they think they're vaccines in other aspects but but basically they use vaccines in a situation where there's a high mortality rate okay so if there's a high mortality rate they want to get ahead of that um so they will take an attenuated you know, a lesser part of that vaccine or, or that virus that they've found and mm-hmm. give it to somebody so that their body can prepare with a smaller dose for that virus. Yes. That's really all the vaccine is doing. And it, so you can't really say that the vaccine is vaccine immunity because the vaccine is technically a, a virus. It, it's not immunity. It's a virus. It's quote, training your immunity ahead of the game to be prepared for this virus. That's what a usual vaccine is supposed to do and the reason why we use it. 
Yes. But to call it, quote, vaccine immunity, in my opinion, is a farce. Well, it's really to get your natural immunity a head start. Yeah. That's really all it is. It's not vaccine immunity because the vaccine didn't protect you from anything. Yeah. Itself. It didn't. And, and you, you know, see what you, if you uh, see what I'm saying, I so know, yeah, the I, whole concept of vaccine immunity is, is completely a farce, in my opinion. Well, I know exactly what what you're saying, yeah, and I don't think, and I wish they had have explained that aspect of it. They, and if, well, let's just start here. What we're dealing with now, and and the vaccine that's being mandated, you know, no matter who manufactured it, it's right. not a, it's not a vaccine. Right. The vaccines that have been mentioned on this interview are prior vaccines, the ones in the past that, that have been, you know, children that, you know, right, all of these exactly. other vaccines, whether they're smallpox, measles, mumps, uh, rubella, all of those are just, as you said, they are a, a, a deadened, a, a, a attenuated uh, shot vaccine of the, uh, of the virus, of, of the virus right. that has just been injected in you so that it, it for, for, lack of a better term, is kick-starting your immune system. So basically, it's something to go in to allow what God has already done to work. Exactly. And then, exactly. it, it, then it just follows what has already been there. That's, you know, that's really the best way of doing it. Now, the, the thing, the only question about that has ever been, and still should be, is, is that good enough or better, let's let's say, is that better than actually getting the actual disease as it occurs, and then, you know, fighting through it or whatever, letting your immune system fight through it and, and right. coming out the other side? Is that better or worse? And and of course, I know that it's always been when, as you mentioned, the mortality rate. If it's if it looks risky, that you know, most of these people, this is a severe such as smallpox, we need to get right. a part of that just so we can kick it off to help us fight it off. So, right. But we are, we are way away from that. But I wish they had, had explained it that way or would explain it that way more because what has happened is over the years they have come to a point to just call vaccine immunity vaccine immunity and vaccines you know yeah. whether they're effective or non-effective, they're calling them dubbed on a name. And the most important thing is that vaccines do typically two things. That you you know a, a true vaccine that works right is it prevents you from getting the real the virus, and it keeps you from transmitting it. And you know you can add number three, it keeps okay. you out of the hospital, but. This thing, this this jab that everybody, every everyone is getting now, doesn't do either one of those two things. It does not right. keep you from getting the virus, and it doesn't keep you from transmitting anything. So, all of that can be just thrown out the window because it's really no good for anyone. So, uh, as we can see here, that I mean, that's only one of the the reasons that these guys are pretty much done. You know, let these let these people that want to help people be doctors and let them help people that yeah. are getting ill no matter what it is. So Right. Um, exactly. But that's sort of where we were at the at the back end of that. And if you remember uh uh they had just mentioned the fact that 
years, uh, it was back in 1986, pretty sure that number, uh, that date's right, that uh, the federal government allowed a immunity on the companies that were making the vaccines because there was a threat from these companies that, hey, if, if you don't relax the uh, uh, the lawsuits or whatever that we could get if the if something goes haywire, right? Then we just won't make vaccines anymore. And unfortunately, I mean, they they should have, <laughs> in my yeah. opinion, they should have said, okay, well, we just won't make vaccines because we don't need them anyway. Yeah, uh, right. But right. <laughs> there was there was a lot of fear back then, so they allowed yeah. this uh, this this act to be done, and uh, it was signed off on. And here we are today with no recourse for anybody that gets ill from any of these manufacturers. So, yeah. All right. That sort of sums that up. And, uh, we will continue on here and we will be getting other clips from different doctors and so forth as we, uh, go through this particular episode from the round table. All right. All right. Okay. Well, three, two, one, here we go. I know I'm challenging a little bit. Well, so when we start thinking about, um, you know, and, and a lot of the conversation at this hearing really started getting into the ethics. And one of the questions that I'm having, and I'm sure those of you that are, you know, fighting the good fight, shall we say, is how is it that so many doctors are going along with protocols and programs and decisions that seem completely unethical? So speaking of ethics, a guest that we've had on the high wire this is Aaron Cariotti talking about the ethics around this situation. I want to talk about medical ethics because I'm concerned that many of our pandemic policies have ignored foundational principles of medical ethics. During the initial lockdowns in 2020, hospitals sat empty for weeks. Hospital staff, including doctors, were even sent home as we had canceled surgeries and other procedures and were waiting for an influx of COVID patients that did not arrive until months later. We effectively abandoned patients that were suffering from other conditions and had other medical needs. Another thing that patients in the hospitals and their families were denied was the basic human good of burying the dead. I don't know if uh, folks are aware of this, but in the early days of the pandemic, a theoretical risk that maybe a corpse maybe might somehow, even though it contradicted all known science on respiratory viruses, somehow still spread COVID. This is a very weird paranoid thought. Caused many health departments with the support of the CDC to refuse to give the body back to the family. The bodies were, um, the bodies were in, you know, incinerated basically, and they would give you the ashes, whether or not uh, you you whether you wanted a, a burial or not. One of the one of the most painful conversations I had in the hospital, as the head of uh, the ethics committee, I had a lot of conversations with families whose loved ones were dying of COVID, and this was a case of a, a patient irretrievably, uh, at that point, dying of COVID. The family had finally come to accept that difficult reality that the patient wasn't going to survive the hospitalization. And then they asked about help for funeral arrangements. And the social worker told them, no, I'm sorry. Um, you, you know, we, we can't give your loved one back to you. Uh, we can't give the remains back to you because the health department won't allow it. So this, this theoretical, nonsensical risk that obviously turned out to be false anyway, 
uh, was placed above that basic human good of of bearing the dead. No, no sane society in the history of humankind since the days of Antigone has ever done this to people. I mean, that testimony is so shocking. Of course, you really should see the, 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 the breadth of what was said there. We're cutting these into smaller pieces. But the idea, we've seen it, people that can't be with their loved ones when they are dying. And then to add insult to the, to the greatest injury and horror, now you can't even get the body back. You can't, you know, doesn't matter what your religious belief is around how the body should be handled. We kept people from getting the bodies. All, none of it based in any sort of science. Um, you know, it, it reminds me, there, you know, when we played a video some time back of uh, nurse Nicole Siratek, who took a moment in the middle of an ER break that she was at in tears saying how inhuman they were being. Well, she appeared at the Senate hearing, and, and this is, again, her expressing just the incredible horror that is taking place inside of the hospitals. Okay. I want to pause right there just before she comes up. Uh, mm. But this is, when you, when you hear some of, the, uh, of this stuff, even now, I, it's hard for me to believe that we've sat around and, and have allowed this. Can you imagine yeah. that, first of all, you couldn't get to your loved one, and now looking backwards, right. we know that they were given medicines that enhanced their death. They, were mm. given medicine, they weren't given what they could have been given to get them better and get them out of the hospital. Right. And—, and, and, and but, oh, by the way, when they were in there, you could not, as a family member, you couldn't go in and see them. Yeah, at first, they yeah. weren't allowing anybody in. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean. Well, truth be known, I think in most hospitals today, the doctors don't even go into the rooms to see the patients. They're still mm. only going to the door. And, and I'm not saying every single hospital, but many around the country. Okay. They're going to the door. They're looking at the notes. They're they're making you know recommendations or you know to take this take that you know diagnostics right and 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 heading on down the uh, the hallway uh, mm. so but in this case so you you could once they were in you couldn't see them no matter how long they were in there next thing you know god forbid and this uh young woman here and this was I I can't remember the hospital but it was in New York City uh that if not 100% over ninety percent of 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 the people in there were dying. So now now your loved one has has died, and you can't even get the body. I mean that yeah that is just unheard of. Yeah, you. I mean, uh, unless it is, had been proven that they are contagious. Yeah, and that that doesn't happen. No, they just they just pulled that out of left field. Yeah. We 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 think they could still have something that. Right. Well, well, but it hasn't been proven. Here we Nobody, go again, yeah. ba based on speculation. What? Yeah, yeah. So, and to treat the you know the the treatment starts here with the you know with the patient, and then it spreads into the absolute inconsiderate mistreatment, mm -hmm. ruthless regard for life and 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 care amongst family members to. Just uh, you can't do that. You can't. You can't. You know, there, there's a law. Well, uh, we all know that all of this stuff was made up as it went along, and and that's just, yeah, just awful. I I, I yeah, just I had I, a sorry. No, I just you know you 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 you, you, you 
you seek words to, you know, <laughs> to describe how insane this is. Right. I mean, this is a major disconnect in, in, yeah. in, you know, human life and human nature and in human population mm-hmm. that you wonder how, how can this be? You, you've got to ask yourself, how did we get here? Right. How in God's green earth did we get here? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I, I have a slightly side um, thing that popped in my head listening to that. And it's not really about the ethics, but uh, something that caught my attention was, and I don't have the exact timeline from what, what he's talking about, but when he said that, you know, because they had stopped everything except for essential surgeries back then at all hospitals and, and places. So when he was talking about that, that, from what I remember, was basically mid to late March. Um, right at the beginning, they, they shut that stuff down. Mm-hmm. So what was interesting to me, though, is they were preparing for an onslaught of COVID that didn't that, come until months later, yeah, he didn't, said. didn't happen. Now, yeah. to put this in perspective, timeline-wise, at first they shut everything down, they closed down businesses. They said only essential workers, right? Mm-hmm. So two weeks to flatten the curve, ha-ha, whatever. Uh, but what happened in those, quote, couple months? People went home to where their air quality isn't as good. They shut down beaches. They shut down all this other stuff. They told you to mask. Uh, shortly thereafter, They it was blanket masking, okay, which also, from what we've talked about, yeah. hinders your health. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a couple months later, they start reopening businesses. All these people that were at home come back out into, quote, society, and they're more susceptible to this stuff, and they start getting it like crazy. Yeah. Well, is there a correlation there? I think so. Well, there is, but... You you know what I mean? But I I just found that rather interesting that he said months later, we got the onslaught, but that was after we made people's health go down. And we're going to talk about this uh, in the next... Two episodes uh, coming up. But okay. Keep I, in keep in mind. Let's not forget because we've gone through through so much over yeah. you know, over the episodes. But the, I didn't mean to get off topic. No, I, that's, I just found that rather no that's, interesting parallel to what was going on in my head even back then. So no, I'm just like, yeah. no, that's very much on topic because you're exactly right. Two things about what you know what you just said. First of all, there were people that died because they couldn't get. Yeah, they, and that too because they couldn't. They get, had it wasn't that, deemed essential surgery. Yeah, they yeah. had. I mean, this yeah. guy, this guy needed a a a a heart, a, not a transplant, but a, but he needed heart surgery. He needed an angioplasty or whatever. And well, no, he can't. He can't go in and get it because it's it's all shut down. So guy dies. He didn't die of COVID. And and technically, you could say that that's medical malpractice. Well, absolutely. And, I mean, and and we we've got some uh, we've got some evidence of what these people uh, will will horrible. hopefully one day be charged with. But the yeah. other thing is, is that remember there was this thing called a PCR test. Oh yeah, that yeah. were bringing people into the hospital, but did they need to be there? Interesting. Were they? Question. Were they? Right. Was it a pandemic of? A virus, or was it a pandemic of testing? Interesting. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into we, that then. We need not forget about that. This is true. Yeah. All right. So here's this this nurse, and oh gosh, God bless her. So she experienced this firsthand. So okay. we're going to pick it up with her at the roundtable.
in May of 2020, I was one of the original nurses that went to NYC to help with the COVID pandemic because the pandemic and the hysteria that was created from poor public health measures and poor execution of appropriate early intervention strategies and the handicapping of medical professionals doing their job has led to where we are right now and into the crisis situation that we are in. What we saw in these front lines, we knew what was happening. And when we asked for the ibuprofen, they said, no, it was contraindicated. When we asked, like, why aren't we giving them steroids? Oh, well, it's not. We're just following orders. Following orders has led to the sheer number of deaths that has occurred in these hospitals. I didn't see a single patient die of COVID. I've seen a substantial number of patients die of negligence and medical malfeasance. Now, while I was there and I saw that the pharmaceutical companies were rolling out remdesivir onto the patients, I tried to get a hold of the IRBs. I tried to get a hold of my appropriate chain of command. I tried CMS. I tried Department of Health. And they rolled out remdesivir onto a substantial number of patients for which we all saw it was killing the patients. And now it's the FDA-approved drug that is continuing to kill patients in the United States. Our level of healthcare has been deteriorated to substandard third world nation healthcare. Whereas I tell people you are better off in South America in a field hospital than you are in level one trauma designer hospitals in the United States. I've had patients that haven't been bathed, haven't been fed, haven't been given water, haven't been turned. And if you ask me, this isn't a hospital, this is a concentration camp. Wow. Before we get back to Dell in the studio, while she was speaking, there was a number of nurses in the background. They were all nodding their head up and down in agreement with everything she was wow. saying. So, and she was an a a, a uh, um, ICU intensive care nurse. Uh, so, she seen all of this up close, and boy, those were scathing remarks. Yeah, but you I, know what? They were true. Wow. I, I wasn't aware that they were using remdesivir all the way back then. Yes. And so, and I think, so, doctor, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. just in what she said, I, I mean, how do you continue using that if you know it's killing patients? Yeah. Dr. Urso wow. gets, wow. gets into this, uh, and, and I don't know if we're going to have enough time to get through the whole thing, but we're going to, we're going to get back in here in the studio quickly because I want to get through this. Uh, so right. it's, it's extremely important. I mean, that's a very serious indictment, yet so many, you can see the doctors and nurses in the background all nodding their heads like this is true. I mean, is it, you know, hospitals have been reduced to, you know, you'd be better off in, in a, the third world, she called it a concentration camp. So, you know, I went through this experience myself with my dad and I found the nurse called me and said, the doctors don't go in the room. So what do you mean the doctors don't go in the room? Well, you know, it's COVID. We don't go in the room. So. Doctors are not going into the room. If you think they are, they're not. They sit outside the room, they look at the numbers, and they walk, and then they go away. That's what's happening to people oh in the hospital. God. And, you know, if you can't go in and see them because you're um, going to maybe get COVID, they don't recognize it's a replication incompetent virus after about five or six days. And that's why you see the CDC change from 10 days down to five days because okay. it really is replication incompetent at that point. So there's no way to catch something. If you went in and you got particles on you, that's like getting a vaccine on you. You, know, you right. got pieces of the vaccine, basically pieces of the virus, dead body parts. So we have so many things that are just basically don't follow science. And then you have what's happened in the hospitals. We, 
I could never get to see my dad. He basically died without us seeing him. We had to do it on Zoom. Um, you know, this is... Uh, What's that moment crazy. like for a doctor? I mean, I mean, a regular... We, we're reading about all these articles, all these moments, all these papers, everything. People saying, I can't get to my family. But we don't know the hospital system. We don't know how it works. We just know this glass door and being held out. I can imagine that's frustrating. But for someone that moves in and out of hospitals, can say to someone, I'm a doctor myself. I want to see my father. And even you can't get in there? Uh, it was very frustrating. You know, the words, I knew I could. Okay, so I tried to think my dad's words were ringing in my ears. I'll be okay. Like, he's, 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 he feels comfortable with his passing. He feels he has strong faith. And, and he's like, I'll be okay. Like, I could see him saying, don't get in trouble for me. And, okay. and that was ringing in my ears. He didn't say that to me, but I knew that's what he would Got have said. It. Okay. And so in some sense, I was literally wanting to go, knowing that if I did go, I'd probably have severe repercussions from it because no one else could go. Like what makes me special that I can go. So I didn't go. Um, it was very frustrating because I already knew that there's no way I can catch the virus because it's replication incompetent at that point. So I want to say that over and over again, when they're holding you out of the hospital, there's no reason it, the virus. Now you might get something else, mycoplasma or some other thing in a hospital, just like we always do. When we go to the hospital, it's full of germs and right. people don't know. The hospital's full of germs. <laughs> okay, good to know. <laughs> so. and it's true, right? I mean, it is truly one like it. And, and I, when I was working on the doctor's television show, they would say, and it's sort of a new philosophy, that as soon as you can get out of the hospital, get out. Like, it used to be hang out. Now, like, get up, walk around. You just had a heart surgery. As soon as we can get, get out of here. We got MRSA crawling on the walls, CREs everywhere. We don't want you to get infected. You got to get out of here. Doesn't matter how much Lysol we sprayed all over this place. We just can't seem to get ahead of it. Okay, we're going to pause it right there. And, I, I, you know, I must say Dr. Urso probably exercised more more restraint than I would mm. have. Yeah. Because if I could, as a doctor, got in there to see my relative, if, and especially if it was my dad, yeah, I'm going in. I don't care what – I don't at that point, I don't care what my dad would have told me. I'm yeah, going. I'm going right. in. I'm going to see my dad, and I'm going to. I'm going to give him either the best care or make sure he's treated with respect. Yeah. You know. So uh, I don't know how he did it, and maybe he was thinking on the other side of it. You know. Well, if I go here, it's a good chance that uh, me and my family don't have uh, a ways or a means to uh, make ends meet. I don't know, but the way I am. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought that far ahead. Yeah, so I, I mean, when and it's it's upsetting. Like when when our friend Mickey passed away. Yes, uh, which was in fall of 2020, I believe. Yes. Wow. Yeah, fall of 2020. Um, was it 2020 or 2019? No, it was 2020. So, it was after the pandemic had started. Yeah, it just started. Um, it, well, it was fall. It, he, yeah, it he started in, that yeah, year. It started right. that year. And then. Uh, but when, when he went into the hospital, apparently nobody charged his phone. I couldn't get in touch with him. Right. I sent him a couple texts. He never texted back, and he ended up passing away. And Pastor even said, I think he managed to get in once. Right. But they wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't let him in. So... Um, but then my my mom was fortunate enough to, um, well, not fortunate enough. She passed away in um, March, April, March, I believe. No, April of 2021. And 
um, w- only one person was technically supposed to be in the room with her, um, even at that time. And fortunately enough, they were, um, they kind of just looked the other way, so to speak, because we ended up having, um, a couple pastors with us, um, as well as, um, some other family members that had come down, uh, and we were all in the room with when my mom passed. And so it was like when my mom passed, they kind of looked the other way. And we had, I think like eight people in the room at that point between six and eight people. Wow. And they, they kind of just let us, cause they knew what was going on. They kind of just let us do that. So we were fortunate enough to have that, even though that we were only supposed to have one person. Yeah. So it's just, and I can't imagine like, you know, because I, I guess everybody's fear, quote unquote, if you fear death is to die alone. You know, right. nobody wants to be by themselves, you know, dying and they can't do anything and no loved one there. That's just, I I, I just can't imagine that. But all these people had to go through that. It's yeah. just like, you know, right when your doctor or your nurse won't even come in the room, I mean... I don't even know if nurses went in and just kind of tried to console these people. Yeah, who who knows? But it's but like I, I just can't yeah, imagine that. It it was uh, it was it was really almost like sci-fi. I mean, if you could imagine your last breath and you know you're you're dying and you look up and there's somebody in front of you with all these masks on, a shield, and 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 dressed up like it's been a nuclear blast. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. it's so. I'm going to use the word cold. It's no you know warmth. It's no heart warming. It's just all right. cold. It's it, yeah. you know it's it's so inhuman. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but uh, fortunately, you know some, and I think it does matter even today what hospital you're in because there are some some kind people. It doesn't yeah. It doesn't run through every individual, and they'll, there are some that are willing to right, bend the kind rules of a little look bit the other way ish yeah. within yeah. reason. I mean. They kind of tried to stick with it until, you know, we were allowed, I, I guess it was supposed to be, well, because we had two pastors uh, that I mentioned, and then, but I think, so they were allowing the pastors to kind of be in there, even though it was more than one, and then right. I, it was only supposed to be one of us at a time going in there, but, and they kind of sort of stuck to that. My dad was able to be in there, so I think it was my dad, the pastors, and like one other person was technically supposed to be in there or allowed. Right. But then when, when she was passing away, everybody came back in and they kind of just didn't, they're just like, yeah, let yeah. them be. Well, yeah. that, 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 so, in is, that in itself was a blessing. So, yeah. okay. All right. Well, that, uh, that wraps it up for this. And, and we will, we will pick up, we've got one more of these because there's still some incredible information that we do need to, to get out. So, you know, whether it's part four, part five, part 20, you know, uh, oh boy. Uh, well, it won't, it won't, be, are, that, it won't are, be that far, uh, but, but okay. we, we can't, we can't delete. We're going to be the next Rocky series. Apparently. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Next or Rocky or, 35. Yeah. He's still fighting. He's 102, but he's, he's, he's still beating him up. Uh, oh man. Anyway. All right. Well, this uh, good stuff, and uh, let's let's close out with a word of prayer. Amen. Right. Father in heaven, we once again we thank you for the opportunity to to do your bidding. Uh, Father, we we ask that you uh, bless those who are listening. We ask for blessings to be upon 
those that uh, that are being spoken of, those that have had to go through these personal things, them and their family members, uh, we 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 thank you for these doctors and all of these medical uh, individuals that are not just standing but still uh, seeking and and seeking truth and willing and actually physically treating uh, people that are. Uh, sick and and have this uh, this virus or even strands of it uh but more importantly we ask that um that you give them the strength physically and mentally to stand up to the bureaucracy the you know the sort of psychological handcuffs that are being asked uh, to be put on them uh, and and also one of the hardest prayers to pray is we pray that those who are doing this, those who are, whether it be media types, whether it be those that are in positions of power, we pray that you intervene and, and enter into their minds and, and give them a spirit of truth that will convert them, that they may see the error of their ways uh, and change. Uh, after all, that testimony would be a powerful one. So, Lord, as we close out, we ask and pray that every intent of our thought be pure. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.